want to tap into those guys. They're doing an awesome job with our youth, our students, our next generation. So I, I really want to encourage you, if you have students, teens their age, bring them here on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Get them plugged in. Pastor Zay and Brittany, they're awesome. They, they love these kids. The killing kids just rally around them. And we want to get as many kids plugged in because, one, there's something powerful that happens for students that are going through pressures of culture and they don't know how to understand those things. But you get them in a group of people that are life-giving and on the same path and wanting to follow Christ, there's some power and passion in that thing right there. Why wouldn't you want to bring your kids? Like, I want to go. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to cultivate the same thing with adults right here, though. Hey, uh, I, uh, I want to encourage you, as Cassandra was talking about Freedom Conference this Sunday. Great job, by the way. This is our first time to transition. Didn't she do a great job? Both her and her husband both are great communicators, for sure. Uh, the Freedom Conference is kind of like a, a kickstart. And I'm going to give you a little bit more introduction to it today. My hope is to lead you to an understanding of, uh, we need to be in the Freedom Conference, honey. Uh, and then, but I also want you to understand that it's a beginning or it's a tune-up. But where freedom really takes place is inside a community. And so we call them tribes because the you know, tribe seems fun and it's culturally uh, sound for us. But we really believe in not doing life alone. And so freedom is found inside of tight relationships where you really just are able to take the mask off, get real. There's a lot of mercy and grace and love and yet truth is still applied. And patiently, we're work, working this thing called freedom in and through our lives. That's why we're introducing Jesus. We want you to come in weekend services and get to know the, the relational Jesus, not the religious Jesus. He's, he's the one that binds you up and, and makes you follow the law. And, but there's a relational Jesus that says, man, because of my love and with Jesus, I, I want to do the things and, and be as generous as I possibly can be and give life away because that's what Jesus did for me. Now, now in order to get there, you've got to find some freedom because that's not natural. And if freedom is found, we just start to really discover who you are. And rather, we're taking off these people that we walk around and present ourselves to be. I'll give you a little bit more taste of that in the message time. But Freedom Conference helps you discover those things. puts tools inside of your belt so that you can identify those things and be in the moment and process those things in walking with the Holy Spirit, which was Jesus' intention when he left and he sent us this helper. But then there's, there's community. We need community of like-minded Christ followers. You have community, and they're most likely not like-minded, and the mask comes on on Sunday, and you just hang out and do whatever else counterculture to what you believe the rest of those days. But what we need is we need, we need groups of people that we're doing life with that are on the same path who are falling in love with Jesus and finding their freedom. That, that way we can connect to purpose, our God-given purpose, because he's got a design for you. He has, he has designed you specifically and intentionally, and we're in the process, he, myself included, in discovering that so that we can actually fulfill our God-given purpose on this earth so we can make a difference with other people who are making a difference, doing something that actually makes a difference. Amen? Yeah. All right, there's that. So get plugged in today. QR codes out in the, in the atrium there. But then I also want to introduce to you our Christmas production. It's not a play. This is not we're going to dress up a lot of kids and put them in Christmas presents and they walk around like little kids. And, like that's what the torture I went through when I was a kid growing up in church. And this isn't even for kids. This is for you. This is for your lost friends who are in Henderson County or outside of. 
These are for the people who are saying, man, I would go to church on a, on a Christmas if somebody would invite me. And this is where we lure them here. There's a time where I say, hey, bring a friend. It's this coming, that, that Christmas, this Christmas weekend, I'm saying bring some friends, family friends, bring them. Because the whole purpose of this, this theatrical experience is that we're going to lead them through a real life, modern day experience where they identify the very things we're going to talk about in freedom. Identify those things within themselves through the storyline to where hopefully we'll be able to allow room for the Holy Spirit to work in their lives. And then they're going to experience their holiday on a whole other refreshing level than they have been in the years past. Because how many know holidays are hard when it comes to family? Well, we're going to do our part as a body of Christ, this church, to change the ways of difficult Christmases and help people find freedom so that they can have very life-giving freedom. Here's your part. You invite people. Here's your other part. We need people in the casting and crew and the crew. So we need people. I know some of you are like, I don't really know. No, you're drunk. You're dramatic. Like, I, I know you. <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> and that's all you that's the that's the skill that you have to have. So we were asking you to get signed up online. Hey, I can be a part of the casting team. Pastor Nathan, I identified my gift of drama, and I have that, and I want to express that on the, on the platforms. Great. Please, please, please come. Or you're part of the crew. Well, I mean, I can, I can make some things up. I can, I can build some curtains. I can, I can hang out with people and make sure they're okay. I can bring some hamburgers around to the people while they're, while they're in between their scenes. That's what we need. We need people to make this place very inviting so that the lost people that are coming in will have a very life-giving experience. Good? All right, get signed up, please. Please, please, please. We know the Lord is on this. And I'm going to come in after that, after each one of the... The, the experiences, and I'm going to leave everybody to Christ. So if you have a friend, like, dude, lost in the goose, so I need to get him to say, you don't worry about it, bring him here, and we'll do it. All right? Good. All right, so we're in a, we're in a series called Free to Be Family. Uh, free to Be Family, and I'm kind of doing a, a play on this, but it's also free to be your family, your, your home family, your aunt's uncle's cousin's grandma, your baby mama family, like your family. But then there's also your church family. Because if you don't know, when you came to Christ, you you adopt, you got born into another family. So are you free to be in you in this family? Or do you wear a mask? Are you free to be you in your immediate family? Or do you put up with them long enough to get through the experience? Amen. But how about this? You're also a part yeah, yeah, right? You're, you're gonna be a lot of today. But you're also part of a whole other family. In God's eyes, there's, there's Jews and Gentiles. Hey, Gentiles, any, any Jews, any full-blown Jews in here? We, we honor, honor you, love you. I'm going to, I'm going to we're going to Jerusalem. Anybody want to go? And Jews, 24. But we're Gentiles. Where do we come from? A people. So we have a lot of things to work out. If you don't know. So last week we talked, or two weeks ago, rather, we talked about generational healing because God he visits the third and the fourth generation according to scripture and, and so our three points was he visits he loves and he blesses so he, he's visiting the iniquities or the deep rooted sins of generations the families to the third and the fourth generation meaning for me for you for us he comes in he says he visits he says hey 
you know, there's this tendency in your family line and there's some issues and it's not really yours. Like it, it's, a, it's a pressure upon you and you, 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 you might want to feel tempted to go there, but can I give you another way? Can I give you a more life-giving way? So he visits and he loves us right there where we are because he wants to bless us to becoming all he's created us to be. So he's trying to create a pattern. So he says, I visit the iniquities of third and fourth generation, but here's what he says. In a generation that will actually change and start following my ways, I bless thousands of generations. Like, I, I'm a, I used to be a betting man, and I put money on that. Three to four generations or thousands of generations. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make the change. Come on. Yes. Now we're asleep today. <laughs> but you won't be. We're going to talk today about familiar strongholds. See, a stronghold is a place, it's a place of power, it's a place of Captivity or control, where it, it's a stronghold, where it, it's a high place that has dominion over a lower place, so it can maintain management, it can control, it can manipulate, even it can make it can make decisions for others who are under under its power. There's familiar strong or familiar spirits. There's let me say it this way: there's family cultures that are passed through the generations or in your family, or in your church traditions that you came from, or in your Gentile roots that are passed into you to where we have to decide, am I going to live out my roots of my past, of the generations that have gone before me, of my family, of my tr church traditions, of my Gentile roots, or am I going to submit those to Christ and see how does he want me to live this thing out? So I want to help you a little bit today, and I want you to understand that from the get-go, as we discussed two weeks ago, that point number one in this is God adopts us. And I was thinking about this in the middle of the night, as I do, and I just my mind runs constantly, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, for some people, that's a really good feeling. For some people, that's a very challenging feeling. Because I, I get to talk to a lot of people and a lot of families that adopt and they have these great stories. They love these kids. And they, they just, man, they just came right in just, just like God had already designed them to be with their families. But then there's these families like, I don't know what to do. Like, our family was great. These, this kid's coming in. And now they're so traumatized from their past. They're just wrecking everything. And I don't know how to handle this situation. Sometimes we come into a new family living out the pains and the hurts and the traumas from a previous life or family, and we treat our new adopted family like our old family that we were, we came from, we derived from, and we cause the very problems in our current family that existed in our previous family. Can I get a name on that? And then we wonder what's wrong with our adopted family because we're stirring up problems that we're left unhealed from our previous yeah. family. That's right. That's right. I just wanted you to know that I'm, I'm pointing all of this to Freedom Conference this coming weekend. <laughs> so everything we're talking about is not going to solve any of your problems. It's going to show you that you have more problems than you realize. <laughs> and me too. Okay? I'm walking out my freedom journey. I'm going to share with you some things that are going on right now, present day. Been in freedom ministry for almost 15 years, and yet still I'm finding freedom. I think now I'm just in a place where God says, okay, I think you can now handle this piece. And, and while there's a very scared little boy in there, there's also this grown man saying, hey, to get there, we got to go here. 
So I'm just telling you right now, to get there, you gotta, you really need to be at Freedom Conference this weekend. But he adopts us in Galatians 3, 26, you bet you got it. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You're, you're a son, you're a daughter, good news, through faith in Christ Jesus to God. Next. Romans 8, 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, good news. So you don't have to be afraid. You don't try to have to try to control your situation. You don't have to try to manipulate relationships around you. You don't have to try to deceive. All those things are a spirit of fear leading to bondage. But you have been you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Oh, Father, thank you so much. Woo! Thank you, Lord. And next. Galatians 4, 6, and 7 says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. And so the Holy Spirit who's been left with us to lead us and guide us in all truth and to help conform us to the image of Christ is inside of us crying out to Father, but sometimes our past experiences cause such a pain, there's, there's this, even in, in the Christianity, an unwillingness to cry out to Father. Because Father is not always a great feeling. But in Luke 4 and 8, 18, it says, This Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. These are the five ministries of Jesus. He's continually doing these things. He's trying to lead us all to salvation. There's nobody comes to the Father except through the Son and by way of the Holy Spirit. And then He's trying to get us emotionally healed. So salvation, emotional healing, freedom. And then He wants to perform some some physical healing for us because sometimes our physical healing is dealt with through our soul, our soul being cleansed. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And then he wants to get us baptized in his Holy Spirit. Come on. That's the five ministries to you. You're all somewhere in that continually. I am continually in that space. Luke 4, 18, I want to focus there right now. It says he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Number two, we need to know that God heals our emotions. He adopts us he gives us a new family culture to live in. And he says, oh, there's some things in your emotions that are really wounded from your family past, so why don't we work on those in this new family culture? And so broken is suntribo in the Greek. Suntribo. It means literally to have been broken, cast down, shattered, or even bruised heavily. And cardia is the word we get cardiac from, heart. So broken heart, and he literally means, he says, here's one of my ministries, I am coming to heal what has been, your heart that has been broken, that has been trampled, that has been shattered, that is deeply wounded. Good news. Thank you, Lord. And I would like to say right here, has anybody ever been wounded? Have ever heart ever been broken? Ever heart ever been feel like it's been trampled? But I don't want anybody to say no and lying spirits start to flow around over here. That, that's funnier than you gave me for. Because the reality is we've all been we've all been run under a bus. We've all had our heart broken. We've all felt like it's the end of the world and I'm never going to make it out of this and I don't know how, but we've all had trauma that we're carrying around. We all have pieces of our heart that God is sitting there trying to get our attention so he can mend it, so he can massage it, so he can bring healing to it because that's the ministry of Jesus. 
doesn't happen at salvation. It begins at salvation. Then it's a process of us spending time with Him in daily devotion. But this is one of the ministries. The reason is that your heart, the heart, the reason He does this is because your heart is the seat of your emotions. So the emotions and things that you feel which causes you to make certain decisions are all resting on this broken, shattered, heavily bruised heart. It is very tender. It is very sensitive. And so it reacts to situations in life and it responds out of those hurts and those wounds and those, those, mis those confused feelings. But you need to know that your heart has the ability to think. Therefore, it has the ability to decide. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As he thinks in his heart, so is he. There's actually, there's actually uh, stories where people who have gone through a heart transplant actually are, have, have memories of the person from the person from which the heart came from. And science is trying to figure this out, but God already has, because as a man thinks in his heart... So a man is carrying another man's thoughts in his heart because it's another man's heart. Yeah. And so there's thoughts and feelings and emotions that are in your heart. And it's not just a blood pumping mechanism. Like, you don't say, I love you with all my blood pumping mechanism. <laughs> no, you say, I love you with all of my heart. You're, you're saying with all of my emotions. And the anticipation is that those are actually good emotions and good feelings. Or you're saying, what's good left in my heart that hasn't been trampled and abused, abused and rejected? I love you with that good peace. Here's what my son says when his mom and I go out of town. And he, he'll say, Daddy, I love you with all my heart. You are in my heart. Just wait, you're in my heart. I said, oh, thank you, buddy. You're in my heart, too. And then he says, when you come home, you're with me. So you're not in my heart. You're with me. He's like, you know what but what he's really saying is with all of my feelings, all of my love, all of my, all of my emotions, with everything good, I love you. And I want you to know while you're gone, I'm going to be thinking about you and I'm going to be loving you that way as if you're with me. That's, that's what he's saying. And now that's really sweet. I hear amens, I hear alls, I hear all these. I, but what if it, it's really good there, but what if it's those feelings towards a parent from a child who has been abused? Rejected, wounded, misunderstood, misinterpreted, confused over the relationship and scenarios. What? Because those feelings from a child towards a parent, they're not so good. And, that, and that's not so sweet. Or from others in our, area, in, our, in our seasons of our lives. And in reality, that's where all of us are. We all carry those things in our heart. We've all been let down. We've all been hurt a little bit. We've all confused or been confused about the real details of the situation in our life. And so that's what freedom is about. It's allowing God to expose those areas and those seasons, those moments, and start to rewrite what really happened, to give His truth, to begin to heal you in that space, begin, to begin to give you more purpose, because here's what's happened in those hurts and those wounds and that season and that, that framework of life. You've made billions of decisions distorted 
and it created self-protection mechanisms based on this reaction, the reactions of that experience in that moment of your life. I'm not going to make you do it right now, but now think about all the broken relationships that have come and been caused from that right there. Again, freedom conference. Friday, Saturday. Just want to extend a personal invite. And I do want to say, never let money get in the way of keeping you to keeping you up, keeping you from coming, or whatever. Because we will, we will sponsor that. There are people that are very generous here. They give, and this is why we get tithes and offerings because of things like this, so that we can be able to provide missional work, freedom work, healing work, pastoring, training, developing. It's a lot of work. You guys don't just come already ready to go. <laughs> but we need to understand that there's something deep inside of us that drives our thinking and our decisions and there's seats that sits in our heart and when it comes to relationships families or even following God these wounds these, pre these, these realities these understandings of our past start to drive how we live out life in the present day in these relationships and even following God in Psalms 34, 18, here's the good news. The Lord is near to the broken heart. So here, here's, a, here's a truth about God. Whenever you're broken heart, feel like your heart's been broken, here's the good news. God's right there just waiting. Hey, would you let me in and come play with you a little bit in that heart? And I want to heal that before you let the enemy start to speak in and give you a false perspective. I sure would like to sit down with you on that. There's, he's near to the broken heart. It's a promise. It's, not, it's a promise. It's what his word says. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Also, Psalm 31, Psalm 147, 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted. He said, I'm going to bind up those wounds. We're going to get rid of those and get them up out of there before they cause too much trauma, too much damage. But it's an invitation. He only comes by invitation. He's right there. I sure would like to come in and, and speak with you about that. Isaiah 42, 3 says, A bruised reed he won't break. And he's not going to come in and cause more damage with you. He comes in to bring healing. He comes in with compassion. He comes in with mercy and grace and love. And then he brings you the truth of the situation. Because only the truth is going to help you. Yes. Come on. But Paul gives us some perspective on how to overcome a life of hurts too. He's like giving you some foreshadowing. Here's, here's some things. Romans 5, 3-5 says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. What do you mean glory in my tribulation? Like my hurt and wound? Like I just got stamped on, stomped on. What do you mean glory? It's giving God room. It's saying, God, I don't understand, but I'm going to give you room. Instead of closing up and instead of believing the lies of the enemy, instead of choosing my own way, instead of choosing my own results, and instead of reacting and starting to self-protect and creating mechanisms that will keep people away, I'm going to let you in in this situation knowing that that tribulation, that pain, and that, that hurt with you present will produce some perseverance for life because I need some perseverance because life, life's tough. And here's where character starts to be shaped because of perseverance and, and allowing God to come in and work in the situations where there's tribulation because now my character can be shaped and look godly instead of like culture. Instead of like response of rejection and anger and bitterness and resentment because that's the natural flow because the enemy of your soul will convince you that you have been punished, that you have been 
prosecuted and persecuted and that you're the enemy and you're the villain and you've been violated will convince you of that. But God comes in and he gives you a rerouting of the situation, the tribulation. He will produce some perseverance and he will shape you to look like him to where no matter what in life happens, because this will happen, tribulation, you'll have hope. Come on. He's giving you insight, but he's saying that's the path. Now go do the work. Yes. In Luke 4.18 says, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. This is very much in conjunction. We talked about it a little bit with broken hearted. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Oppressed means to be bruised. So when you get bruised, like, like you got hit really hard, and, but yet there's nothing punctured. There's nothing coming out. But the capillaries, the veins are, are bleeding a little bit underneath the surface. And it's tender. And even though the, the color goes away, and there's still a tenderness. Somebody touches you like, ooh, mm-mm. And in a naturalist response, is not going to do, oh, oh, yeah, do that again. That felt good. No, it's going to be, ow. Right? Yes. And so he says your, your heart is bruised. And he came to heal the bruising. Have you ever been in a situation that you're having a conversation with friends and acquaintances? And you're, you're kind of just bantering around and talking about things. And all of a sudden, a, a, a comment is made and somebody gets all clammy and all mad and tight or they just walk off and they're mad and frustrated. Nope. Oh, what? What happened then? And I was like, oh, what'd you do? <laughs> I don't know. You didn't do anything. They're bruised from the years past and they haven't yet to be healed without the Holy Spirit to come in and set them free. Yes. And they're still oppressed and when you touch the subject, it touched on the bruise. And what do they do? Whoa, ow! That's good. That's good word. And an immature believer will say, you are doing this to me. That's right. That's right. And bring their old family, old life issues into this new family and cause the old damages to re-exist in the new family. And they'll destroy relationships in the new family because they're still bruised. From the old family. Now again, freedom conference. Come on. Friday, <laughs> Saturday. I'll be there. So if the Holy Spirit ever brings a memory to your mind, it's not to hurt you, but to heal you and free you. Yeah. Um, the Holy Spirit is working on me with some things that uh, didn't know existed. Knew there was a, you know, some issues, some some turmoil around the fruit of it. But even in the last couple of weeks, and I'm telling you, it's kind of a slow process because this is stuff from my childhood. And again, I've been in ministry, freedom ministry for 15 years, and I've walked through a lot of freedom. And the only reason I'm here is because of all the freedom that I've walked through. But yet, there's still so much more to go through. And so he was showing me. In conversation with my wife, in conversation with my, my, my our senior staff and team, who I call family as well, and I'm understanding too that he's he was showing me that in my growing up in the childhood is all fresh. The ch- childhood I grew up in, I had a great family. I loved my family. I, I adored my dad. I adored my mom. I adored my brother. There was four of us in the family. However, I didn't know my environment was toxic. I didn't know that it was dysfunctional. And no kid does, by the way. So as a father and as a mother, please, please don't think that all is well. All is well just because your, your kids are okay. 
Like they're just looking up to you and they're loving you. So there's some things that have to change within you. Come on, I'm going to leave you there for a minute. But I struggled because my dad would be gone almost all the time, most every night. My brother was confused and upset. He's seven years older than me. He's frustrated. He's always angry. Again, broken hearted. He's going, starting to do drugs and whatnot. Uh, I love my brother. I adored him. I love my dad. I adored him. My mother's crying most nights, and I'm staying with her because my dad's not coming home. And so I learned to say, I don't want this stuff to go on. Like, I don't want to be a problem for anybody, and I don't want to be a reason that anybody's leaving, and I don't want to be a reason that anybody's angry, and I don't want to be a reason that anybody's crying. So I learned to hide my feelings and my emotions, both the good ones and the bad ones, learning that my, my emotions don't really matter. What matters is how everybody else is doing. So the Lord's literally taking me on a journey and showing me this. Like, I can see the memories and why this starts to come about over the years right now. Like, as I'm telling you, I'm seeing this real time in this. But the Lord's sitting there showing me about a week and a half ago that that's, I, I'm that now. Like, I've buried my most, like, the, the positive things that I see about people and I have to say about people, I don't share them. The negative things, I don't share them. So I don't say anything because this little boy inside that grew up in this family just understands that my feelings don't matter as much as how you're doing. And that's okay, kind of. But when you have a wife whose who's love language is words of affirmation and you can't give them, you thank them, but you can't give them because your, your, your feelings don't matter, it causes a problem. <laughs> hey, I'm working through my freedom. Amen. And the reason I'm sharing that with you is, yes, it's real time, and yes, it's taking a, 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 some weeks because here's what's going on. There's this, there's this covering up, this self-protection that wants to come in and start to protect itself. That's the little boy that made a lot of decisions and started to believe lies and say, I don't know if we want to deal with this, but the grown man says, hey, to mature, to go where I need to go, I've got to allow this thing to process and how I made decisions since the child has to begin to be challenged based on my new learnings and understanding of what freedom is. So therefore, I can't continue down the path like that little boy was, but I have to honor that little boy because that little boy's hurting. Let's go. Let's go. But this grown man has to do some things differently and he can't look like that anymore. That's right. Otherwise, I limit myself and I start pushing people away and I wonder what's wrong with them. I hope I'm resonating with at least one person in here. <laughs> Alright, number three, God speaks freedom. Beautiful. God speaks freedom. Uh, Luke 4.18 says to proclaim liberty to the captives. To proclaim is to speak, is to declare, is to talk, is to say with authority. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Remember Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Whenever God speaks, he creates. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And guess what? It was created. So when God comes in and he wants to sit down with you and address some things and have a conversation with you, and he starts to talk about that little boy who hides his feelings and can't share and express his emotions because he thinks nobody else cares and they don't matter, he starts to create freedom in that space for as long as that grown man will allow that little boy to be healed. That's good. And there's a process of continual healing 
Because when God speaks, he, he creates something, that 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 moves through my children, that creates something, that moves even through my wife, that creates something, into my grandkids, that creates something, into you, that creates something, into those who come through this church, that creates something. He creates. And John 8, 31 says, Then Jesus said to those Jews, because sometimes you think, well, I can't be oppressed by anything. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm completely free. I won't ask your spouse about it, but I'm here completely. <laughs> he said to those Jews who believed him. Now, these, these, these are believing Jews. Like, obviously, he hasn't gone to the cross yet. Like, these are, he's sitting there telling them how to be disciples because they believe him. If you are abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, the, the truth shall make you free. They answered to him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we will be made free? You shall make me free. You go. There you go. You will be made free. Huh. Like, do you, anybody read the book of Exodus? The Egyptians had them in bondage. Uh, the Grecians, uh, the Syrian, Babylonian. Do you remember Babylon coming in 70 years? Jeremiah's like, hey, if you don't, they don't have And they did. Now, right now, modern, at this time, the Romans had them in bondage. And here they were. Oh, I've never been in bondage to anyone. You ever been in bondage to anyone? You ever been in bondage, in bondage to a spirit? So proud and haughty, who've never been in bondage. These are believers. They're Jews. And when Jews talk, they're talking about their people. When you talk about Israel as a nation, you're talking about the sons of Jacob and all the descendants. Like when they talk, they don't talk about me and my household. They talk about we. Yeah. And it's the same. There are things that have passed through the generations for we. Through American history, through church history, through pagan history, through Gentile history, through your family history. There's a lot going on. Yeah. But God has given us a way, He says to them, even that says to us, but you'll find the truth. And the truth will make you free. Now when I was saved, when I got saved, I got free from the penalty of sin, of death, because of my sin. But there's a working that takes place. One day I'll be in heaven free from the presence of sin. But in the process, I'm being healed and freed from the power of sin that is over this world. You get what I'm saying? Jesus was telling them that one, when they come to know the truth about things in their lives according to Jesus, his truth will further them along in the maturation process so that they will continually understand more truth and find more freedom. Like it doesn't just turn on like a light up, completely free. No. You found some freedom? Okay, great. You need more truth. Find some freedom? Great. Find some freedom? Great. Find some freedom? Great. 
Sadly, we've had people that have been in church for 30 years and still, because of your emotional health and your emotional health of where you are, you're, you're like a, a one-year-old Christian 30 times over. That's right. You can never grow spiritually and mature spiritually beyond what your emotional health is. And you can never grow emotionally healthy until you begin to get set free from the broken heart and the oppression that has you captive. That's right. That's good. So happy birthday, 30-year-old, one-year-old, 30-year-old, 30-year-old. John 8, 34, he says to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave to sin. What he's saying is commit means putting to practice. This word literally means practice. You're just putting it to practice. Or the lexicon gives it even more depth and says, hey, if you're making allowance in your life to sin, like, you know what, it's okay. It's just a little sin. I'm, I'm going to allow that. Like, this is where it gets really quiet in the service because everybody's like, I hope he's not talking about me. Because I'm We do. We do. Sometimes we're tired. Sometimes we're exhausted. Sometimes it's just lack of relationship with the Lord. Sometimes I don't want to deal with that right now. That hurts. Or that's what reminds me of an old memory. And that old root issue is calling this fruit issue. And this fruit issue is actually holding you back from walking in the fullness of what God's called and created you for. And it's also hindering relationships and probably your occupation. Therefore, your finances. Therefore, your mood. Therefore, your mentality. Therefore, your decisions. We find freedom. Can I, can I offer you some freedom? I'm going to show you a, a graphic here, your family tree, a typical family tree, if you'll turn that. Yeah, so there you go. So it's like this, right? Grandparents, everybody's got them. Grandparents, everybody's got them. Mom, dad, everybody's got them. Then there's you. Now, this is what you think is a family tree, but in reality, if you were to turn this upside down, there's you, and here's the, the roots. Here's what's supplying the nutrition and the understanding, the mentality, the cultural values, your biblical understanding, what you think is, is right and wrong in life. Here's what's supplying. And no matter if mom and dad did something, your reaction created another response, which is still creating you. But 2 Corinthians 10, 33 and 6 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For those weapons those weapons are of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Strongholds is anything that's high and lofty, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So there's some things supplying you to be you that aren't. They're high and lofty. They, they're exalting themselves against the knowledge of God. And we are allowing them in our lives. Bringing, continuing on in 2 Corinthians 10, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Notice, notice he's saying, bring the thought that has you captive. Yes. Instead of your strong, the strongholds and the thoughts that say, they, they continually convince you to live a life that is abstract to the life that God's called you to, but they become culturally acceptable, or they cover you enough to where people will think, oh, they must be successful and prominent. Let's not forget the three things that, that Satan challenged Jesus with was about performance, possessions, and popularity. And somewhere in society and the church, we decided, well, if they perform really well, then they're good Christians. 
If they have good amount of possessions, and boy, they do good with them, but that they're, they're, they must be good Christians. Oh, they're just really popular. Boy, they must be really good people because they're so popular. But when you just say, those things aren't going to control me, and the, the, the approach and the search for those things are not going to have dominion over me, it's about God and what He wants. And if He wants to bring those things, then, then amen. But if He doesn't, then amen. I have the presence of God in my life. That starts to shift the way you make decisions and from the way you make decisions and the decisions you even make. Graphics. Let me please. Here's some other thoughts. Let me show you. Yeah, that's fine. Show that. Here's some other thoughts that you may have that help, help identify. These are protective layers. These are some things that we do that protect us from reality. Here's some statements that you may have heard or said. I'm not very good at feelings. I really don't have time for this anymore. Like, the moment feely stuff starts to come up, I'm out. Nope. I got some things to do. Anyway, my family was about more about doing. When you're doing because you don't want the feelings to come out because those feelings hurt and you've never learned how to process your emotions and your feelings of your broken heart, your bruised heart, so therefore you're, you're creating activity to stay distracted. Well, I don't know why I'm feeling this, but I'm feeling it. It's all a big blur. You ever get in those moments and all of a sudden things just get blurry? Stronghold. It's not from God. Or at times when I'm about to interact with authority figures or somebody I don't know, I get physical sensations, but I don't know what, why it's happening. What's a stronghold? Stronghold doesn't want you to honor the authority because there's a pain and a hurt and a wound from some authority in your past. So the current one's your greatest enemy. Well, I've been enemy to many people that I have no idea what they're talking about. And I'm okay with it. Sometimes I'm flooded by emotions that disorganize and confuse me. You ever been in a situation and all of a sudden you just get all confused and disoriented? It's a broken, the signs of a broken heart. A bruised heart. Emotions and feelings that have left, they're sitting there on a broken heart and they're just deciding what to do to protect you. Sometimes after a difficult meeting with someone, conflict, I get depressed. I don't even know why. Sometimes during a, even a TV commercial, tears just come to my eyes. I just start to cry. I don't know why. When I'm feeling bad, I can't tell if I'm scared or angry. Emotions left undealt with so much, they're so blurred in what you're feeling because they haven't been processed and they heal a heart and heal so they can help in a healthy way function and make decisions and truly express the appropriate feeling so they can make God honoring decisions in response to a situation rather than in reaction to a situation. Because let me give you an example. Somebody gets scared, all of a sudden they get angry. You're angry for you scared me. <laughs> I didn't get angry. Jumbled emotions pointing to a broken and bruised heart. Colossians 2, 6, and hey, look at this. Now go back. So there's your, there's your family, the roots of your tree. But you have a decision. 
Somebody, somebody has to make a decision and say, this stops with me. Somebody's got to say, no, I'm going to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we're going to learn this process of yielding and following the Lord beyond our own comfort zones. Because in every area of life that I'm choosing to allow for sin to continue and the ways of, here's how my family did it, my daddy did it, my grandpa did it, and by God, that's how I'm going to do it. Good Lord, how many times I've heard that. At some point, somebody's got to make a different decision. Because here's what happens. It passes up into the tree that we're built, that we're growing, it's being grown through us, into our children, and there's grandchildren, and then there's great-grandchildren, and they're dependent on us. We can't beat it out of them. It's got to change in us. The process of their emotional healing can't move faster than our own. So at some point, i got to decide it's more about obedience to God than it is protecting the strongholds of this is how Harrington's do it and this is how we'll always do it. Colossians 2, 6 and 8 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Let Him be your root system. Be built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in set ones of freedom. Cultivate a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. Like it's illogical and unnatural, but that's the place of finding a seedbed for healing is, Lord, I just thank you so much. I don't understand right now. I don't understand back then, but I thank you. I thank you, I thank you, because there's something inside of that that you can teach me that I can grow from. There's some wisdom to be gained from this situation. So, Lord, I thank you for protecting me because I'm still alive. Yes. Beware lest anyone cheats you through philosophy and empty deceit. That, according to the traditions of men, all is how we go and do it. Somebody asked me earlier, I just heard someone, why every time it's, a, it's somebody that's in bondage that you talk like a country boy? <laughs> that's a good question. Maybe that's something that God's dealing with them. I don't know. According, keeping away from we have so many traditions of men that we live by rather than saying, but what does God's word say? This is how we've always done it. This is how we do it. This is how we're going to do it. This is how our family does it. This is how our traditional church has done it. This is but what does God say? According to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ, like it's more important to protect the traditions of our household or our former ways that don't even align with Christ. And so we're fighting to protect generational strongholds rather than fighting to yield to Christ, who actually, when we yield to Him, He changes our desires because He heals us, and the very sin that we're trying to stay away from no longer affects us. In fact, it's no longer a desire. Come on. Come on. Three claps. I love it. <laughs> John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. All right, just, just follow my word. Just, just Go after me. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you the, another, the Helper, great, the Holy Spirit, that He may abide with you forever. 
the spirit of truth. Listen, you will find truth and the truth will set you free. Well, this truth is going to walk with you. He's going to teach you. He's going to be there. He's going to nourish you. He's going to care for you. He's going to tend to you. He's going to be very kind. He's not going to bruise a broken reed, a broken break, a broken reed, a bruised reed. He's going to, he's going to help you. He's going to do all he can to speak the truth into those hurts and those wounds. It's just the right time when he knows you can handle it if you'll allow him into the scenario and the situation and the memory. And then he's going to help you to conform to the image of Christ. Here's what you got. Here's the good news. You cannot, the world can't receive him, but he's not going to leave you. Christ is not going to leave you as an orphan. He's got to remind you, hey, I've adopted you. You're in a new family. Colossians 2.20 So therefore, if you die with Christ from basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? Next. And this is where we started basing holiness on in the church. Every generation in this house has been under a church that says, this is what holiness is, this is what spirituality is. You don't cuss, you don't chew, you don't dip, you don't drink, you don't cuss. Whatever. It's based on what you don't do rather than who you yield to. And in my yielding, in my handing over, in my confessing, in my bringing a brother alongside of me and saying, hey man, I'm struggling with this, would you pray over me? All of a sudden, the desire and the temptation just flees because it's a biblical principle. And the very stronghold that was over you, that was oppressing you, that was keeping you down and keeping your decisions from being made from God, all of a sudden start to go away and you're like, man, I feel so alive, I feel so energized. Right. It's like when you come to church and all of a sudden you lay down that junk and you forget about it. You get all excited. Like, oh, that feels so good. Yes. For a moment. But I don't know what to do with it after that. That's why we have freedom conference. That's why we have tribes. Can I get it? Can I get you some freedom? Yes. Which all concern things which perish. Like, don't do that. Don't touch that. Don't see that. Don't do that. Don't do. And we, we grew up and we created households of don't do's. Be good boy. Don't cry. Don't do this. Boy, boys, don't do that. Boy, girls, don't do that. And I'm talking about crying. I'm talking about that. Feeling. I'm talking about anger. I'm talking about those things. Well, how are you going to find their emotions and express those so they can become all God created them to be, to be the man of God has created them, to be the woman of God has created them? Gotcha. The doctrines of men. Next. These things indeed have appearance of wisdom. Well, they sure do look good. And you're thinking about certain deacons that you know. Oh, yes. And they look more like demons and act more like demons and Appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion. Boy, we've been accepted that. Paul was trying to confront that back in the first church. False humility. You know why? Because it doesn't involve a yielding to God and allowing the Holy Spirit to do an inner work. It's about what I can keep myself from. It's about my own self-will. But your self-will may be okay for you, but it creates an environment for the generation that comes after you that's stiff and rigid. And if that one doesn't reject, the next one will rebel. It's okay for your little generation. But what about the ones that follow and neglect of the body where of no value against the indulgence of the flesh because eventually it's going to come out. It may come out one way and you are trying to keep this way from happening. It is going to spin out until it is yielded to the Father by way of the Holy Spirit and there's room made for the healing. I'm taking too long. Let me just pray for you. I... 
I am, we are so passionate about you guys having freedom. I'm telling you, we're doing all we can. And I just want to pray one prayer for you. I'm going to let him take it from there. Father, we just thank you. And I thank you for the freedom. I thank you for freedom in this room. Lord, I know there's freedom. There's a lot of grace and mercy. There's a lot of love in this room. So Holy Spirit right now in that bed, in that place, I just pray that you will, you will address the deepest, the darkest, most painful wound that your children will allow you to address right now in this space while it's free and full of freedom. Father, I pray that you process this with them and show them what the truth is and show them what it is that you really want to do through this situation. Though you didn't cause it, Lord, I pray for peace. I pray for forgiveness. I pray for healing. Lord, I pray for the desires that come from those root issues to be gone this day in Jesus' mighty name.